0: Father, we thank you for this beautiful evening, Lord. We see things, Lord, developing around our world. And, not even within our country and within our state, Lord. Certain things look pretty bad, but we still see glimmers of hope. Just as uh, Jacob has seen glimmers of hope, Lord. So, Lord, as we uh, go through your word, uh, use it, Lord, to teach us. Use it to uh, remind us of your goodness and remind us of... uh, your graciousness, Lord, and how you love the unloved, Lord, and how you uh, give sight, Lord, to those who cannot see, Lord, and you bring back the lost, Lord, to the land. So we thank you for being our Ehiye, Asher Ehiye. Everything that we need to be, Lord, you you, you have become and you can become. Thank you for your uh, willingness to partake. And live within these human bodies, Lord. You're so holy. And, Lord, you, you've made us holy, Lord. You've set us apart to do your work. So, Lord, as we seek your face, let your spirit uh, convict us, encourage us, and give us new insight, Lord, into your, your work. As far as Jacob and uh, his wife Rachel and Laban is concerned. May name Amen. So, in Genesis 29... Um, for Jacob, he had actually stayed in the land of Canaan all of his life. That's about He's about 75 years old once he leaves the place. He finally leaves the land at his mother's request, because she finds out somehow that Esau, the older brother, was planning on killing him. Her favorite son, once their are dead, Isaac dies, who ironically thought he was going to die right away, but he lives another 50 years. So, what Rebecca felt that Jacob, her favorite son, would only be away for a little time. Go to her brother's land in Haran, find a wife, get married, from oppression from her own people. And the funny thing was, they were still idolaters at the time. They come back home to mommy. But unfortunately, she does not see her favorite son ever again. Once he leaves, that's it. Jacob lived outside of the land for over 20 years. So by that time he came back into the land, he had already passed. Now many Bible teachers say that Jacob was punished during his time in Haran. But Jacob himself, later on in this uh, Genesis account, on his deathbed, reflecting on his time in Haran, said that he was blessed and became prosperous. How do you become prosperous? He first, uh, you're gonna see, he got a job from Uncle Laban, taking care the livestock and the sheep and the herd. Also, he got two wives from him, and when he left, he became very wealthy. He chose all the striped land in spots. So yes, he did have some trials, but nothing too hard to bear. Same uh, with, all, with us, with uh, us believers. The Bible will all says we will have trials and tribulations but Allah has overcome so the more we trust him the more we will be susceptible and able to stand in his strength what we are going to see is his uncle Laban, or Laban manipulated him to serve him a little longer on the basis of the laws of the land of the supposed laws of the land of that time which Jacob knew nothing about so he actually mistreated his nephew by using the law against him. So we're gonna see in Genesis 25, he's trekked from Bethel to Haran, and then he's gonna go to a well, he's gonna meet his family, and then at that same well, he's gonna meet Rachel, his wife-to-be. And then what's gonna happen? Just as he deceived his dad, his uncle is gonna have vengeance for his dad. His uncle is gonna deceive him. what he's gonna do is work seven years for this unchosen unloved wife who he marries and then he actually partakes in the wedding feast we are gonna find out a wedding feast lasts for seven days so that's the correlation between the rapture and the seven years of tribulation so while the tribulation is going on for seven years on earth the marriage supper of the Lamb will be going on for seven years in heaven so that's the beauty of the marriage in the Jewish reckoning. Right after the seven day feast, the uncle gives him Rachel. So, right after the seventh day, on the eighth day, he gives Rachel for marriage, but he still has to work another seven years for her. In the next picture. So this is, he was in Beersheba and he stopped in Bethel I remember from Beersheba to Bethel is about 45 miles and he actually made record time normally a caravan travels about 20 to 25 miles a day he went 45 miles in a day so he reached there in record time and this is like the landscape in Bethel if you go to Bethel the inside area is really rocky, and so you know he had to look for stones right to lay his head upon it. Stones all over the place. So you know he grabbed some stones for his head, and some because he felt in case uh, any wild animals came to him. So while he's sleeping, he has this vision of the uh, of this stairwell. And he's so excited that Elohim has finally uh, spoken to him uh, in a dream. So Jacob stopped in this exact spot. Where he stopped was a spot that the Lord wanted to reveal himself in this dream. In this exact area where Abraham, his grandfather, built an altar of worship to Adonai. So what Jacob did, he rested there for a while. And then he continued his trek to the land of Haran. So he was like energized with this encounter Elohim in his dream, and now he has this pep in his step. Maybe even fast enough, he'll travel at 450 miles. So we too ought to live a joyous and abundant life. We shouldn't be walking around like all bummed out, because as we as as believers, we have also encountered the love and the person of Christ in us. So Genesis 29.1, it says, the Yaakov, Radla He says, with a pep in his step, that's what he says, went on his journey and came to the land of the sons of the east. So he enters into this area of what might be Haran, and he notices something. In verse 2, he, s- he looked and he saw a well in the field, and behold, three flocks of sheep were lying beside it. Or from that well, they watered the flocks. Now the stone on the mouth of the well was large. So they're saying on the, the well had to have been a little bigger to serve all of these animals. So this is a well with like the wooden cover. So the dust and the sand and whatever don't fall in. So they cover it. And this is a picture of one little small well a little bigger well that they found while digging in the areas in Israel that's a little skinnier rock so I don't know how big the rock was but in those days they had an orderly manner of which they fed the flocks or watered the flocks first all of the flocks had to be present in that community they had to be present at the well and then a couple of people would roll away the stone and watered the sheep and they would roll the stone back it's like civilized people right they had a way that they worked it now jacob at this point in verse four will question the look who's at the well he says in verse four jacob said to them brothers where are you from and they said we are from haran you think oh all right seems like my people He said to them, do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, we know him. So they said, all right, they know my uncle. They're from Haran, where my uncle is from. They're probably my family. So this son here means grandson. So Laban was the son of Bethuel. So verse 6, and he said to them, is it well with him? Is he okay? Is he all good? And they said, it is well. Yeah, he's all good. And then they add, oh, by the way, here is Rachel, his daughter, coming with the sheep. So Rachel's flock is in the distance, just coming into view. Now the interesting part is, what are the odds that Jacob would meet his family at the very first well that he comes upon, that he comes into contact with, where they would all be watering the sheep? What are the odds of that? This is a perfect example of Jehovah's providence in this life, the life of promise. Now we know that Esau, what was Esau? He was a skilled hunter just like Nimrod and Jacob was probably a shepherd. How can we assume that or arrive at that? Yes. Remember when they was gonna uh, deceive the dad? <laughs> the mom said go outside, we'll kill the goat outside and take the skin and we'll deceive your dad. So they had they had these uh, livestock right outside. So they had goats right outside the tent to brick from. That was used to deceive Isaac. So he took care of the flocks in their Sheba. And now he will share his professional insight. On the proper ways and times. To shepherd. Like a real shepherd. Like a shepherd boss. So in verse 7 he said. Behold it is still high day. So he says look. It's still high noon it's the hottest time of the day for the animals you know that from 10 to 2 is the hottest time of the day so he is saying it is not time for the midnight which is the livestock or the herd animals like cows to be gathered and he said water the Sun, which is the sheep water the little ones let them go to the pastures and get out of this heat. get the animals and put it in the shade In verse 8, they say, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered, and then they roll the stone from the mouth of the well, then we water the sheep. So they're saying, we understand. That's a good idea. You're right as far as the heat of the day. But as a community, this is how we've been doing it. To do as you say goes contrary to the customs that we, uh, we live by. This might be the most efficient way for them to water the animals. I guess that rock was pretty heavy, that stone covered. So he says in verse 9, while he was speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. So finally she's here. His he doesn't know it, but this is his soon wife to be. And now we can water the animals, because finally Labans animals are here. So it shows that Laban or Laban, his family had some status in this community. We also see that she also took care of flocks. So Jacob and Rachel have something in common besides blood, besides being family. And verse 10 goes on to say, When Yaakov saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob went up and rolled the stone from the mouth of the well and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. What is the emphasis of this verse? Anybody know? (laughs) Laban is his mother's brother. Three times in one voice. I guess the Lord really wants us know and understand and emphasize his hand in this instance. But four hundred and fifty miles away and boom, he finds his family without even looking. He just falls upon them. Yeah. So you see that little rock that's the only depiction I could see of so it's like a big stone cover. I guess they would lift it up and roll it over and then they can serve the um Grab the water out of there. Fill up to the neck. Of it. I was thinking more like that, like a big rock, like this, a tomb. But I was thinking if there was well in there, that would be like a big rock. But I guess he, he got either is pretty strong, working out at home, or he had this adrenaline rush when he saw Raquel, and he rolled the stone by himself, which normally took couple of people couple of men and verse 11 says then Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted his voice and wept what does Rachel mean? Rachel in Hebrew means a little you lamb a little beautiful you lamb this is a beautiful lamb so he was filled with so much emotions I mean he was by himself on this long trek He falls upon these people. Now he finds happiness, he finds comfort, security in numbers. And with all of that, he will shed tears of emotion and happiness. And I was thinking, wow, what a crybaby. Any man out there are crybabies? As far as whales are concerned, Wells are mentioned frequently in Genesis. Twice, Hagar finds a well in the wilderness. Abraham had wells which were seized by the Philistines. Abraham's chief servant, when he sent out to find a wife for his son, found her at a well in Haran. So some people feel like this was the same well, but I don't think so. But some feel that. Later on, the Philistines would fill in the wells of Isaac in Canaan, forcing him to move and dig more wells. It doesn't stop in Genesis; so it goes on. So Moses flees to Midian from Pharaoh because he had killed that uh, serpent. And what does he do? He stops at a well where he fights off with his ninja skills some shepherds, and then he waters the flocks of Ruel who ended up becoming his father-in-law so you remember what Moses means Moshe Moses means one who is drawn from water so even in the new testament the written HaShah, Yeshua also meets a woman at the well so this is a picture of Yeshua from then until now being the living, life sustaining water. Now, they say they have cisterns and they have wells, which are living water, which is brings springs of life and it continues life for the animals and for the people. So, Yeshua is our living water. So, verse 12 Yaakov and Rachel told Rachel that he was a brother, meaning my nephew of her father and that he was Rebecca's son so Rachel ran and told her father so now Rachel was just as touched and ex- excited as Jacob so verse 10 says so when Laban heard the news of Yahweh of his sister's son he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house and he related to Laban all these things Laban is totally blown away. Why would he be blown away? He's ecstatic, hearing from his near-blood relative, his nephew. He runs up to him, hugs him, kisses him. My nephew, why? Remember his sister Rivka, same place. How long ago did she leave? She left about 90 something years prior to this meeting. 97 years, they never saw each other. Now finally, he's making contact with a relative of his sister, his long-lost sister. So Jacob brought Laban up to date while they were meeting on all that had transpired for the past hundred years. That was probably a long night. So verse 14 goes on to say, Laban said to him, Surely you are bone and my flesh. You are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him a month. Your father said, you look just like your mom. Thanks for the update. Why don't you stay and hang out and we spend some time together. Then in verse 15, because you're my relative, should you therefore work for me or serve me for nothing? He's like, I don't think so. Tell me what shall your wages be? So he said, I'll take you in. I'll hire you. I'll give you a job but just because you are family doesn't mean that you have to work for free. Unless you live in my house, then you can do for free. <laughs> so he says, let me know how much to pay you. And this funny thing happened, the story jumps straight to Uncle Laban and his two daughters. Verse 16, oh, now Laban, you're talking about wages, now he just like Shiny things, right? You just something else. ADHD. Now, Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, which means weary, or antelope, like an antelope. And the name of the younger was Raphael a cute little yulet. Now we're going to see what differentiates these two sisters. In verse 17, says, "And Leah's eyes were watert. Her eyes were weak." And weary means that she had poor eyesight. I don't know if her eyes was droopy or what, but it just... But Rachel, the Bible says, was yafat to'ah, which means beautiful of form, shape. Her figure was beautiful. And yafat mar'eh, she was beautiful of appearance of her face. She was a sight to see. No physical defects or no abnormalities, but just walking beauty. I was thinking, like, you know, the brick well. I wonder if this is where a brick house came in. I don't know you guys ever heard. Like, common was back in that day. I don't know, where it's not that good, but they had these stone wells. Maybe it was a brick house. Maybe this is where the inception was. Verse 18, Now Jacob loved Raquel's so he said, back to the wages. I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter Raphael <laughs> not knowing the little stipulations they committed so we're back to the wages so as far as pay goes he says I will work for you for seven years and my payment will be for Raphael now you gotta understand I don't know why Jacob uh, his parents didn't give him a dowry they wanted him to get married but they did not give him a dowry. So Jacob had to work for his dowry. And then I, I guess she was expensive. But he had to her seven solid years. But Elohim's plan was perfect. And we're going to see in the end. It's supposed to work out this way. Leah had to have been the first to have. Um, yeah. And verse 19 says. they then been saved. It is better that I give her to you than to give her to another man. Stay with me. So Laban concurred. David sealed the deal. And he added a seemingly heartfelt compliment. Or was that a cunning statement? Like, oh, that's good. I'd rather give her to you than anybody that I don't know. I wouldn't have it any other way. So verse 20. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, And they seemed to him but a few days because of his love for her. He was so smitten with love that I could almost hear him singing, going to work every day. You know, like, oh, like, he wanted to go work. He wanted to pay off his debt. So work was not work to him, but work was a means to an end. And the more he worked, the more the end was in sight. So to him, seven years, felt like a day, but a day felt like seven years. But his love for Rachel never waned. Verse 21 Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my time is completed, that I might go into her. Like, oh God, I know. I know it's seven years, but you can wait a couple more days. Hold your hostage, but First things first. They have rituals and ceremonies here in Haran. I know you want your wife, but just take it easy. You're going to get your everything will be fair and square. So 22, Laban gathered all the men of the place and made a feast. So remember, a wedding feast lasts for seven days. So the day he thought he was going to do what he wanted to do, he had to wait another seven days. Patience. I guess he thought, oh, not cool. Send me more So there's this deception of Jacob the night of the wedding. This is what happens. Verse 23. Now in the evening, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to him. And Jacob went into her. So here's the consummation. So Leah enters the marriage tent where the marriage is consummated now some say this is Jacob's fate that like he deserved that <laughs> Jacob who deceived his father is now deceived himself in actuality he didn't have to listen to his mother's plan of deception he could have trusted Jehovah but he didn't Now we're going to look at some interesting points between Jacob's deception of Isaac his dad and Laban's deception of Jacob. So there's this correlation. The first thing was Isaac was deceived because of the darkness of his eyes. He had lacked sight. So the darkness of sight. And that parallels the darkness of Jacob's wedding night so he couldn't see his bride right he didn't know until the morning that it wasn't he was like, oh right did I drink too much for that past seven days so Isaac and Jacob both could not see too well in their own situations that they were in but both had a type of blindness from darkness so second Jacob is deceived by Laban giving the older sister instead of the younger sister. The exact opposite of Isaac's blessing. Isaac's blessing was given to the younger instead of the older brother Esau. The next thing was Isaac was blind and he believed that Jacob was Esau. So he believed. And Jacob was blinded by love, and I'm thinking over zealous passion. (laughs) And he assumed or took for granted that it was Rachel, not Leah. So they both were blind and believed the person was a certain person, but it wasn't. The last thing, Jacob had pretended to be his older brother, while Leah pretended to be her younger sister. It's just like the cruel irony, right? Parallelism. This is what you get. Another thing we gotta remember that brides in those days were veiled until they were in the tent for consummation. These two men, they both did not recognize the father and son Who it was with whom they were interacting with. Or in the midst of it. Because just as Jacob's bride was veiled. Isaac's eyes were also veiled. So Laban in a sense avenged his brother-in-law's deception. With a deception of his own upon the deceiver. So verse 24. Laban also gave a wedding gift. His maid Zilpah in Hebrew means nearness or intimacy. The irony is he didn't want to be intimate with Leah. He wanted to be intimate with Rachel. So he did not choose Leah, but he had to go through with his wedding. So now comes the realization of Jacob of whom he married. Verse 25. So it came about in the morning that behold it was Leah, and he said to Laban, "What is this you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served with you? Why then have you deceived me?" Like, bro, you got jokes, bro. Yeah? I wanted Rachel, not sleepy eyes. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I wanted beautiful, huh? beautiful. Eyes. So now we are looking at. What might gonna happen on a second marriage ceremony? So Laban himself doesn't feel like he deceived Jacob at all, but was following the custom of the time. So Jacob did not read the fine print, I guess, of the marriage contract. The older must be given in marriage before the younger. So Laban failed to inform Jacob of this little tinsey weensy uh, legal code. <laughs> Or was it even an actual tomb? Some say in uh, Hammurabi, is in there. So wouldn't have Jacob, look, he's living there for seven years and working, right? Wouldn't he have noticed this practice going on? Like, oh, is that the oldest? all of We have to give the young girl away, just this way. So I would think Jacob would have noticed this practice going on. Verse 26, but Laban said, it is not the practice in our place to marry off the young before the firstborn. So he said, complete the week of this one after these seven days of feast. You finish that, and we will give you the other also for the service, which you shall serve me for another seven years. He said, fulfill Leah's um, feast, her wedding ceremony and uh, party. Fulfill that, finish up the seven-day marriage feast." then I'll give you Rachel and then after I give you to her, give her to you, you can work the next week of seven years for Rachel so verse 28 says Jacob did so and completed her week and he gave him his daughter Rachel as his wife so Jacob did carry out the seven day feast for Leah's marriage then on the eighth day Laban gave Rachel to Jacob with an IOU for work to work off his debt for Raquel for the next seven years. What a cruel irony with a firstborn here in Haran has precedence over the younger. So the older in Haran has more precedence than the younger. It was vice versa in Canaan and Canaan where the younger had precedence. Verse 29 Laban also gave his maid Bilhah. So, zilpah means intimacy. And now, for Raquel, who he wants to be intimate with, he calls her Bilhah. What does Bilhah mean? It means terror (laughs) or trouble. And that's how he felt when he woke up and he saw Leah. Like, whoa. And he was troubled. He went and complained to um, Laban so under the mosaic law it was forbidden to marry sisters but we have to remember this is pre-mosaic law so it was um it was okay up to this point it was allowed to marry your sister uh, one two sisters so verse 30 so jacob went into natal also and indeed he did have a means he loved, he's from the word ahav. He loved Lochiel more than Leah, and he served with Laban for another seven years. Now I'm looking at, he's in the tent, it's dark. She has her veil on. I'm thinking he's ripping it off before she gets in the tent, making sure that it was Rachel. What if there was another older sister? You know what I mean? Oh. What goes out there? Oh, I ain't taking that chance. I'm ripping anything off. Make sure that's hers. Just in case I have another daughter I wasn't told about. So from here, from 31 forward, begins the 12 tribes of Israel. So let's see how the Lord loved the unloved. Verse 31. Now the Lord saw that Leah was Snua. She was loved less. Some say hated or rejected. But in the Hebrew it's like love less or she wasn't chosen, like Rachel was chosen. And he opened her room, but Rachel was barren. So many anyway, women. In Genesis, were barren until the Lord opened their wounds. Uh, so loving hate doesn't come down to emotion it comes down to choice or prerogative. And that's one thing about even us as believers. God chose us. Why, I don't know, from the beginning of time, He chose us guys. It's hard to understand the great depth of love that God has for us, but He chose us by His own prerogative, His own free will. So Rachel, not Leah, was Jacob's choice. So Leah was hated in the sense of not being chosen. A couple of the rabbis, Nachmanides, says this statement: He didn't literally hate Leah, but she was less beloved of the two wives, which a text says. Another rabbi, he also says the same thing: That Leah was less loved. what rabbis often do is criticize Yeshua they criticize Yeshua for saying one must hate his parents in order to show love for Yeshua they didn't see any problems with a lovingness of Leah and choosing Rachel so there is a double standard in the rabbinic uh, writings instead of saying that you gotta love your parents less than what you love me. And that's understandable. So what Jesus obviously meant was that it might be necessary to hate our parents. <laughs> I remember at one point my mom called me Satan. <laughs> but I didn't hate her. You know what I mean? I mean she was deceived. But So it means that sometimes to choose the will of God requires one to choose the will only of God and not of the parents. We have to serve our creator versus the creature. So the result of this particular situation was God blessed Leah and opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So the compassion of God, He always shows His love by choosing to love the unloving. I see it over and over again and people who just hard to love you see him just putting his hand on him and pouring out his love it's an amazing thing to see how the lord loves. watch his hand on people verse 32 Leah conceived and bore a son and named him Rehoven grouping. or she said because the lord has seen my afflictions, surely now my husband will love me. The Lord did see, and we must also find out, the Lord will hear her afflictions in the next verse. She hoped that her lawfully wedded husband, even though it was through, you know, cunning ways, might choose to love her more than Raquel, because now she had a child. It's funny, in this culture, to not have a child is, shame, is shameful, is that you're cursed. So verse 33, then she conceived again. She's popping about. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord, Shema heard that I am sunnah, he heard that I am unloved. He has therefore given me this son also. So she named him Simeon. She's over here giving birth, but still reflecting on God's love for her. God saw her problem. He took care of that. And now God is showing that He hears her. He hears her cries and pleads for her husband's love. Verse 34, she conceived again. Three in a row. And said, now this time, my husband will become... Attached to me, because I have borne him three sons; therefore, he was named Levi. A third son. The word "lava" means the act to join. You know, you going to join it? In naming her son Levi, she was hoping that her and Jacob would be joined in a completed sense. Where no one could separate it, there'll be no distance between us. I think there was a karaoke song there. No distance between us, that no one could separate. So she's longing for the love of her husband, but the only love she's getting is from Allah in heaven, and that's true for a lot of people. A lot of foster kids, uh, druggies, all kinds. The only love they get is from their father wait a minute 35 and she conceived again and bore a son and said this time I will praise the Lord therefore she named him Yehuda then she stopped bearing for the time being for Leah Yehovah is definitely to be praised for Jacob He's like that's cool, you got kids. But Judah is to be praised. Not Judah's mom. Judah's God, but not Judah's mom. Jacob never reached the level of affection that Leo wanted in her lifetime. Pretty sad, yeah. So pretty. The Bible is pretty straightforward, right? It is. What is the blessing in all of this for Leah? You know what the blessing in all of this is? Her posterity. Her fame. Actually, she's more famous. Why? The two key institutions in Israel. The priesthood. Who's the priesthood? The Levites. The Levites came from Leah. This weak person. I mean the Lord can use the weak, right? When, when we are weak, the Lord is made strong in our weakness. And what else? The royal line. Where did the royal line come from? Judah. That's where Yeshua came from. So her lineage is awesome. <laughs> and this all came from an unplanned Unwanted marriage. From this terrible situation, her husband only using her to get the kids. But she ends up getting you know, the last laugh, right? She uh, bears the priesthood and she bears the royalty of which the line, the Messiah, King Messiah, will come through. Whenever we allow God to work in our lives, even when we weak, He will do amazing things. And we see some amazing things even with Shalene's uh, sister and the baby; they're getting everything. I mean, the Lord is just taking care of them. I never seen things happen so fast. A his sister, as far as. <laughs> medical, blah, blah, this and that. So for me, just being around and watching the hand of God touch people and work in people and I get to watch the miracles that occur. Fascinating. And it's always humbling that this is the God. This God is so loving God. Teach me how to love. Teach me teach me how to love anybody. The most unlovable. And he actually taught us that, you know, we're taking um, handicapped kids, right? That wasn't our plan in the beginning. But in the end, huh, we like blessed. Those, those kids cannot love us, right? You know what I mean? So when we serve, it's like, the Lord is using us to say, yeah. him. That's an example of being you, man. You agree? Like, me you, cannot do anything. You like, just serve and love others as I have loved you. And I'm like, yes, Father. Do that. Come back. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we see how you handle the affairs of of lives of individual lives and lives on the community level and national level you're so awesome and to even be interested about it, any one of us <laughs> your grace is beyond understanding to even leave heaven heaven's beauty and put on this sinful flesh Ooh. and then get spit out and thorns in the head and eventually sacrifice for us. Oh what a love And you have Lord use us Lord to be promoters of their love to show people your love. As only you can, Lord, through us. <coughs> we allow you, Lord, to, you know, pull out all those bitter weeds and roots in our hearts. Remove all those things, Lord, that are hindrances. Because through us, Lord, you can gain glory. And because you are worthy Lord, of love, you know, Lord, love, So, <coughs> Lord, as we reflect, Lord, on your sacrifice, partake, Lord, of me. Very in the cup. Let us never forget. Let our minds never grow dim. Lord. Let us always have that before our eyes. And your sacrifice was once and for all. And that sacrifice changed me and moved me from death unto life. Well, को इश्यूज़